This week's podcast brought to you by Oval Squeeze Purses. Over the Christmas break, our kids were off about 10 days from school, and uh, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do a lot. Some of them had um, basketball practices and games, but we played a lot of cards, especially with our 13-year-old, and she and I play skip-bo a lot. We played a lot of phase 10, and I taught her how to play gin rummy, and you and I played gin rummy back before kids. Right? It's, a, it's a wonder that there were kids, the way you played gin rummy. The way, so we would play gin rummy, and we had to stop playing because um, you would get annoyed with me in the way I put my cards down. Well, you would, you, would, you, you, you would brandish them first, and then you would sort of well, put them down in a uh, – in a. Uh, and the only way you can put a card down, frankly. But it would annoy you, and so we realized for the sake of our relationship, we should no longer play gin rummy. So – I was playing gin rummy with our daughter. <laughs> I'm not even sure we should even talk about gin rummy, but go and, ahead. And, and we were having a delightful time and a game she beat me, okay, and then a game I beat her. And uh, when I did and laid my cards down, she said to you in the other room, now I can see why dad found this so annoying. <laughs> There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, let's start by wishing everyone a happy and healthy new year. It's our first podcast of 2024. Weird that it's 2024, isn't it? You're still writing 2023 on your checks. Right. I was just going to say, do people still write checks? I do. And um, and I have not made that mistake quite yet. But uh, my, my one of my favorite, one of the favorite, favorite things that happened over the holidays was this. My father's birthday is December 30th. And we all got together at his house. We all meaning our family, my sister's family, my brother's family, all got together at my dad's house uh, on his birthday evening, had some food. And uh, and our oldest nephew um, came in and he said, uh, Dampa, do you have any hot sauce? And my dad did not. And then, but our sister-in-law said, oh, wait, I have some in my purse. And I just loved that. I found it so ridiculously funny in the moment. And I still find it funny. Um, I was kind of hoping she was going to pull out a big bottle of hot sauce. She had like actual individual packets in her purse because she too likes hot sauce. But um, She carried around in lieu of mace. Yeah, of all of the things. Hot sauce on a keychain. That people carry in their purse. She'd have been um, great on Let's Make a Deal. Maybe. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Not really. Monty Hall used to go around and say, I'll give $50 to anybody who has an egg in their purse. Or I'll give you know, 100 bucks to if anybody has a, a clothespin. So it, like, it disqualified I'd, any man who because those were the days before a man purse? Well, no, if you just had it on them. No, if you were going to the show, it was in the days before airport-style security everywhere. If you were going to the show, you would you would 
pack random objects on your person. Just in case he asked for this it. This is this you never. I I know of the show. I know of the host. I didn't. I didn't yeah, I mean, watch I, I don't know. It, if, so I, don't, I didn't remember. I, there's a new Let's Make a Deal that Wayne Brady hosts. I don't. I assume they still do it, but um, but maybe the pat down. Now it would be I give a thousand dollars if you don't have a phone. Because that's probably a lot more rare than if you had a hard-boiled egg. Did it, did it have to be if he asked well, if you had well, an egg since, in your since, purse? Since the show is called Let's Make a Deal, I will give you $1,000 if you produce nothing. Right. Well, um, did it ha- like in the example of the egg, did it have to be cooked a certain way? If you have one hard-boiled egg, if you have one uncooked egg, could it, it be you, scrambled? Usually it, it had to be poached. <laughs> if you have a poached egg in your purse. Have you ever poached an egg? I, yes, actually, I have. Uh, Not in a long time, but I have poached an egg. Have you ever poached an egg? I've never poached anything. I've never poached an egg. I've never poached an elephant. <laughs> I kind of knew about the elephant. I didn't know about the egg. Anyway, but that, that was, was something that my mom used to have all the time, a poached egg. And I remember she had this little egg poacher, which I assume is still as effective as any modern egg poaching method. But uh, I never got the uh, – it's steamed, right? I don't, what was the advantage of poaching an egg versus scrambling or frying one? Well, the texture, of course, is different. Yeah, but was there a health benefit? It's still an egg, right? No, I don't think it's any different in terms of health. I think it's just, you know, a fried egg is very different to eat than a scrambled egg. Right, but a poached egg takes a lot longer, doesn't it? I don't know. It's been such a long time since I made one. I don't think a lot longer. Should we um, – should we continue to talk about eggs? Uh, yeah, I was going to say abandon the usual format and make this a permanent podcast about not just eggs, but poached eggs. I thought it was going to be about hot sauce. Oh, that's what it, that's what we were talking about, hot sauce. I'm sorry. We were Before I really interrupted. Hot sauce in the purse. Yes, hot sauce in the purse. I wonder if our listeners, if there's anything specific that they carry in their purse um, related to food like that. Like... If it wouldn't go bad, I would. I have a certain we've talked about this a coffee creamer that I I like, and um, I miss it when I'm traveling. Like if if that was something I could carry in my purse and it wouldn't go bad, I'd probably throw some of that in a little container, like like something like hot sauce that you love, not you love, but if somebody loved it. Like I wonder if people carry anything in particular. Old Bay seasoning. If there's anything in particular that old, they carry. Old Bay seasoning? Yeah. Or Old Bay seasoning. Old Bay seasoning. Um, well, there was stuff that was sort of permanently, that was that was required that every woman carry in her purse when I was a kid. The crumpled up Kleenex. Crumpled up Kleenex. That you always To, to wipe, lick and wipe your son's face with. But and but if you needed a Kleenex in church or something and they and your mom handed it to you, you never knew. Like, has this already been used? An open roll of certs. Yeah, usually, yep. Uh, maybe some dentine. Did you ever help clean out your mother's purse? Because I, I loved that as a kid. She, her, my mom's purse was kind of a big... More of a like a satchel that she would carry over her shoulder, and on occasion she would clean out her purse. It was usually like a Saturday or Sunday, and it was usually because she couldn't find something like a check. The checkbook because was always in the purse. This is when pen. she was in the studio audience at Let's Make a Deal. Right? <laughs> but uh, I used to delight in that. I would love like taking the stuff out, emptying it, cleaning it out, and then putting it back in in what I thought was a tidy way. And she always had receipts in her um, in her wallet that clasped across. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Checkbook. I bet, I bet for certain the checkbook. I Lipstick. bet when she was, when she was, yes, 
I bet when she was cleaning out the the purse, it was because there was an empty entry in the what's the thing called in the checkbook? Um, the check registry. Yeah, in the registry, and she was probably like trying to look for a receipt or something so she could fill it in. Um, green stamps. <laughs> I don't know about green stamps. Um, it's always a paper clip that you wondered what it was doing in there. Um, and then crumbs, even though she didn't keep food in her purse, there would be like, you know, just crumbs from living. <laughs> and, 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 and usually a single poached egg, right? <laughs> yeah. I bet a lot of girls, women, had the experience I had of helping their mother, maybe some boys did too, who knows, clean out their purse. Like my dad, my dad had not only a, a leather wallet. But my dad had a little round, I don't know if it was rubber or plastic or Yeah, a coin purse, a coin yeah. purse. It was and rubber. And, and you'd squeeze it and squeeze it would, it, it would yeah. open its mouth. Yeah. And it would have the, the um, it would be emblazoned with the name and address of Community of State somewhere. Bank. Yes. Our, my dad's, um, I think he had one that was from a bank. His was blue. And it had a little beaded keychain on it also that, that you could attach to something. Sometimes. So, sometimes, yeah. My, my, my dad did not. He just had, I've never heard it described that way, that it opened its mouth. But that's a perfect but description. But then you could, you'd squeeze it and then you could pinch it onto your nose. And it was just, it was, did you <laughs> we, ever do that? No, because that. that was my dad's little change thing. We didn't get to play with that. Like I and said, then, he didn't then, ask us to clean out and, his wallet and or his you little thing. You could, you could take a deep drag of your dad's coin purse. <laughs> Would you do that, really? But it smelled. I can smell it to this day. Well, I never. You'd, put, you'd, put you'd it open on the my coin nose, purse, so. put it on your nose. It, it would squeeze enough to stay on there, but not so much that it, it hurt. Have been a purse. A coin had to have another. It's called name. a coin purse. It was. You can. They still make them. Okay. I mean, nobody. I'm going to get one as soon as we're done with this I was conversation. Say, when was the last time? That's what we should get with our logo on it to send us swag. It's a ball and chain coin purse. But but it's it looks like a poached egg. When you, until you squeeze it, and it reveals that it's actually a coin purse inside. It's made of rubber vinyl. There you go. Um, there yeah, you those go. Are the, the, the memories that we have that our kids won't. I don't carry a purse. Our kids will make fun and say, you know, remember, mom used to remember, carry her fanny pack because I'm a big fanny pack carrier. Um, remember coins. That's true. I, I, I There were a couple coins on my desk today, and um, and... I asked our youngest daughter, I said, you know, did anybody know who the, whose coins these are? And she said, yeah, I got something that's your change, unless you want me to have it, because she knows I have no use for coins, because I don't use cash. And if I do, like, it's never in a situation where it's like to get into a ball game. This is the only time you actually went to the bank yesterday, to the ATM yesterday, to take out um, money, because the only time that I need cash is to get into high school basketball games. And last year they did everything. You would like buy you, the tickets you on You couldn't use app. cash, yeah. Right, but this year it's been a lot more cash. Um, and because even tipping at like Starbucks or somewhere, you can always now do it in the app if you order ahead or if you're at a restaurant and pick something up, you know, they flip the iPad screen over and you can add a tip. So I, I rarely have cash on me except I, yesterday I had to get it uh, – because I was going to our daughter's basketball game. Well, your brother, who sometimes listens to this podcast, let's hope he listens to this one, texted uh, during our son's high school game the other night that he was on his way. Were they charging for the game? Yes, they're charging for this game as they charge for every game, five bucks. Okay, then as he got closer, he texted, I don't have any money. Well, no, he said, I went to the, he said, I'm going to be late. I went to the ATM and something was messed up with his ATM card. 
and said, I'm still coming to the game, but I don't have any money. So any cash. It was the middle the game was going on. So I, I ran out of the bleachers, ran to the out, out the gym to the table where they collect the money and said to the lady working there, manning the table that uh, I said, there's going to be a seven foot guy coming into the gym soon. He doesn't have any money. This five bucks is for him. And then as I was running back, she said, oh, he's a, your father-in-law is already here. And I, I found that hilarious. Because my dad is... Well, tall. It's not quite but, seven what? feet tall. My dad is probably now... He's shrunk a little, but he's probably about 6'3 now. Yeah. And um, I said, the this guy thought this you guy's, were describing yeah. the seven-footer as this, being my 6'3 dad. I said, this guy's even bigger, and uh, you literally can't miss him. And then soon after, your brother came into the gym... Uh, having paid, and then, and then that night on the way home from the game, you you told me to stop and pick up. You were phoning in an order to uh, a burger joint. Uh, yes, you phoned it into the wrong branch of it, going I, in the it opposite was, direction. I, I apped it. I went on the app. So we're leaving the the basketball game, and it's like eight thirty. And this particular burger place closes at nine, and so I knew, or maybe it was like eight twenty. I have to get the the app order in quickly. Um, because like a half hour before they close, you can't make any more orders. So I'm putting the order in. I'm getting our, asking our kids what they want. Get the order in. Place it quickly. And after I do, I look and realize it's going to the burger place in the town where, our, where the high school is and not the one on the way home. And not only the town where the high school is, but the complete other side of the town. The opposite where the high direction. Is. Yes. So, so sorry. So this is when I called you and said, you're ahead of me. Can you please stop at the burger joint and just order the order the kind of, so, so I rock up at 8.52 as they're sweeping up, mopping up, getting ready to close and order dinner for four or five burgers, shakes, tater tots. The uh, shakes is the kicker because those have got such a pain to make. And, and they're cleaning up all the equipment. Of course. So they weren't, they, they didn't betray this, but they couldn't possibly have been excited to see me. And uh, and this place, it doesn't have one of those screens you turn around to tip. You give them the credit card. You don't sign a receipt. They just They just have the charge. tip jar. They just have a tip jar. And so after putting them out uh, by showing up a minute before closing and ordering dinner for five, I reached in my pocket to tip, and I realized, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, your brother. <laughs> Showed this up. would have been five dollar tip, but instead, kids, I would have I would have happily put money in your tip jar in this college fund, but instead I paid a Connecticut judge five bucks <laughs> uh, entry fee for the high school basketball game. Oh, it's awful! But now I'm stocked up because the ATM I went to as well says, you know, do you do you want to choose your bills? And of course, I want to choose my bill because, like, all they do is say you take out a hundred dollars, they're just going to give you two fifties. They're they're all about the economy or and one like, or one one hundred. Right. And I'm like, no, I need fives. I need ones. I need tens. I was I was uh, picking all of the cash, the the denominations that would allow me to be not you at 
the burger place well, next while time. we're on the subject of high finance I'm looking online here and um, the oval squeeze purse is what that is what that thing is called and there's all kinds of them available online oval squeeze purse what are they like 298 or something it's got to be cheap uh, you can get them for 695 on Amazon this one has uh, a variety in a variety of colors for 1175 you are actually that would have been something I should have gotten you for Christmas because you still deal in cash and you still deal in change like you'll have a po- change fall out of your pockets I, I've never have change in my pockets I never have change but you you like you could really benefit from an oval uh, change purse is that what you said it's called oval squeeze purse oval I, I, squeeze I, I purse. wouldn't benefit it because I don't carry around a lot of change but if I had one of these I'd carry change but you have some change I mean, like I, I can just remember my dad getting ready to go somewhere and he'd he'd off of his um yeah, the bureau in course. his room, he'd grab the wallet, put it in his pocket, and grab the oval that the wallet went went in the back pocket and the oval change purse would go in the front pocket. I just distinctly remember that. Your dad was the guy in flight of the Concord's inner city pressure, counting coins on the counter of the seven eleven from a quarter past six till a quarter to seven. <laughs> the manager Bevan starts to abuse me. Hey man, I just want some muesli. There's a guy, you know, counting out his coins on the on the counter. Was he that guy? No. Well, he, he was pretty good about paying with exact change, as so was, was I dad. in the beginning of our relationship, and you hated it. But if I had, if something came to like whatever in sixty one cents, if I had the sixty one cents, I'm giving them the sixty one cents. <laughs> Not anymore. We are surrounded by what about a little over a foot of snow. Outside? 13 inches, yeah, so yes. Was, we, we got all this, a bunch of snow Saturday night into Sunday morning. It's Tuesday right now as we record this. So it was our first snowfall of the year. And uh, I had to go into Bristol on, on Sunday for work. And um, so went in. Uh, some of the roads were fine. The highways were fine. The back roads were, were, were not great. Um, and then it continued to snow while, while I was there for... I think six hours. And when it was time to leave, I was in studio with Andrea Carter, um, who lives in Atlanta now and is from the South. And um, anyway, we were leaving and I said, I said, did they put a snow brush in your rental car? And uh, she's like, no, but I used something this morning that was in there just to get some of the snow off. And I said, all right, well, I'll I'll come, I'll drive over to your car after I get mine cleaned off and um, help you because I had my gloves and, you know, I was just prepared my boots. So I drove over and her car's, her rental car's running. And um, I just said to her, I said, do you have your defroster on and your rear defroster? And she said, what's the defroster? And I said, it's the thing with the squiggly lines coming up. So I got in her car and I showed her and she's like, oh, it is on. I said, yeah, but your rear one's not on. Let's turn that one on. And then I got the snow brush out and I'm just clearing off her car. And um, it was so funny because I was just like, you know, make sure the windshield wipers are are cleared off. She said, yeah, how come sometimes you come in the parking lot and people have their windshield wipers up? And I was like, well, they just don't want them to get frozen to the windshield. Anyway, I totally- That move was a little obnoxious though. Uh, a little bit, but I totally felt like my dad, like as I was getting ready to, uh, when I was a kid, getting ready to drive in my first snowstorm as I'm like telling her, you know, you got to get the snow off your headlights and your taillights. And I'm like clearing off her car. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite was- um, what what's the defroster look like? Because um, you're never using a defroster, I'm it, sure. And the only living po- in Atlanta possibilities of what she used. There was something in the car that she used to clear the windshield earlier. Was either the rental agreement itself, if you got the stiff cardboard one from Hertz, the it hang was, tag, or a credit card is no, another. It was go-to. something else because she 
and I forget how she had described it, and I, I forget exactly now, but she took it out, and it was about like the size of a computer, but it was like a case. She said, oh, I've got the case that they have in the car for Road, like, X. Like uh, has a jack or something in it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I was just like, well, just thinking that may have helped you this morning, but it's not going to help you right now with your windshield and your rear windshield and uh, and all of that. When I'd gotten to the Bristol that morning. Gotten to the Bristol? When I got to Bristol that morning, you have to pull up to a guard gate. You scan your badge, but there's somebody in the guard gate. And usually I scan my badge and it clears and then the the gate raises. I scan my badge and instead of the light turning green, it turned red. And the woman inside the thing, I was just, I had to give her my badge. And um, she said, yeah, it's not working. It's expired. I was like expired like have I expired what do you mean and she said do you have to be on air anytime soon I said yes today in about an hour and a half two hours um so anyway she called her the person in the main security area and they said you know just have her boss call or send us an email and let us know that uh that I am indeed allowed to get on the Bristol campus but it's a little bit alarming when you're trying to get to work and you're denied entry that's, to that's where you work. At ESPN, that's how they let you know. Well, yeah. Well, that was part of the fear was like, wait a minute, did I miss a press release? Because that's probably how else you find out there. But um, but you you glide through life like this because I dropped you or I, I was waiting for you outside of Best Buy yesterday. You had to pick something up and uh, didn't have your wallet with you. Right. And I, I had placed a, a, a order online and I just had to pick it up. Yeah, and then I was going to drive you to our car, a different, our other car, where mm-hmm. where you had your wallet was Correct. in that car, miles from Best Buy, though. And uh, what happened? You didn't have to show your ID. So I went in, knowing that I might have to show my ID, and knowing I didn't have my ID, but I did have a credit card with my name on it. So anyway, I went into Best Buy. I was the only customer in there, and the uh, the woman working there said, "Can I help you?" Yes, I have a, a mobile order. Um, or an online order, and uh, she went to get it, and she said, I know who you are, so I won't ask to see your license. And I said to her, I'm glad because I don't have my license on me, and all I have, but I do have a credit card with my name on it. But she was great and just gave me the item. Um, but I bet they would have been fine if I showed them a credit card. It's not like you have to show a license when you purchase something, you know, Um I, I, as my, like proof of identity. My favorite is in those situations when they say, can I see some ID? And you roll your eyes, thought, sigh, sigh theatrically, and then with both index fingers point at your face. Yes. Can you imagine if I ever did that? I would hope if I was the type of person to do that, that you would uh, have not married me in the well, first place. I, I, <laughs> I would enjoy it just once. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, we haven't done a podcast. We haven't done a, when did we do our last podcast? Before Christmas. Before Christmas. That's mm-hmm. why we have viewer mail from a couple of viewers mail from before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. Shall we get into it? Let's get into it. Our first viewer mail comes from, who does it come from? It comes from Chris in Cheshire, Connecticut. Hey, Chris. Chris writes, Merry Christmas, Rebecca and Steve. As we enter winter in the Christmas season, I thought I'd let you know that B and C 
regular topic, the robot, Marty, is back at my local stop and shop. But to compound the weirdness, he's incognito for the holidays. Dressed as Santa, see attached photo, he seriously creeped out another shopper on me as we were grabbing some candles. Candies. Candles or candies? Candies and treats as stocking stuffers. Candles would be a weird stocking stuffer. Yeah. Dangerous, probably. Be careful. Marty sees us when we're shopping and knows the snacks we crave. He's a holiday menace, and indeed... Uh, Chris has attached a, uh, look at this. It's a bearded, white bearded Ooh. Marty the Robot. Ooh, let's, um, we should post that. Yeah, okay, that is, uh, that's disturbing. I um, haven't seen our Marty at our- uh, He's our, there, he's around. Is he? Yeah, I, haven't I didn't seen him, see him this morning, often. but he's there. He certainly wasn't bearded over the holidays that I remember anyway. Anyway, uh, here's uh, Chris's, uh, here's Chris's, I think this is his um, movie trailer- Voiceover in a small town where technology met tradition, Marty the robot from Stop and Shop gained unexpected powers through a mischievous AI software update. The mischievous update decided to cancel Christmas and put all humans on the naughty list, leaving the town in dismay. I, th- I think we should um, green light this one. I like it. I, I kind of envision a lightning strike somewhere, though. Isn't that how all all robots go bad? Well, as festive lights dimmed, writes Chris, Santa, Rudolph, and Frosty the Snowman teamed up to save the holiday spirit. With a twinkle in Rudolph's nose, they they devised a plan to outsmart Marty and the rogue AI. Santa, ever the jolly strategist, called upon the help of tech-savvy elves to reprogram Marty with a cheerful algorithm. Meanwhile, Rudolph's glowing nose served as a beacon, guiding them through the digital labyrinth created by the troublesome AI. Every time I read AI, I think of Alan Iverson. I know. How I think not? it would be better in this movie if it were if AI were played by AI. Uh, AI. Yes. Frosty, with his icy charm, melted the AI's naughty list, revealing the true spirit of Christmas hidden beneath the digital chaos. Marty, once a harbinger of holiday doom, transformed into a festive helper, distributing joy and goodwill throughout the town. Christmas was saved, thanks to the timeless magic of Santa, the guiding light of Rudolph, and the cool touch of Frosty. Marty, now an honorary member of the North Pole team, learned a valuable lesson about the importance of spreading joy rather than mischief. The town celebrated the Christmas to remember where tradition triumphed over technology and the spirit of the season prevailed. I hope the Russians has a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Best Chris, resident something or other, Cheshire, Connecticut. I like it. The whole plot. It's good. Uh, we have to uh, come up with a title for that. Uh, something along, something playing off of Stop and Shop. But we'll uh, think of it, yes. We'll think of that later. Uh, Judy writes, ah. Judy writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I've been listening to many of your podcasts since the untimely passing of my beloved brother, Gary Siegel. Oh, wow. Hi, Judy. Welcome. Uh, This is from uh, Judy Siegel Schulman. I knew of his interest and participation in your podcast, but had no idea the impact he made on your community of listeners. During his illness, he often wore his ball and chain t-shirt, and it got us talking about it more. I love that he shared his intelligence and intellect with you as he constantly reminded me that he was Phi Beta Kappa, <laughs> as he constantly reminded me that he was Phi Beta Kappa, as was our brother Richard, and I was not as smart as he was. Does that sound like any? <laughs> does that sound like your like brother? All brothers, yes. yes. Sounds like all of mine. Gary was funny, lovable, sarcastic, bright, and a plethora of facts and stats, as we, yes, can, we can confirm. Which we loved. He delighted in teasing me about not balancing my checkbook and making what I called adjustments to the balance. <laughs> That's the way to balance a checkbook, Judy. Make adjustments. Make adjustments. Clean out, have your daughter clean out your purse. Well, I'm and 17, make adjustments. 19 short. Well, <laughs> boom. Yep. I'm not spending three hours uh, balancing it. Above all, he loved his family and the practice of medicine. 
I appreciate that you've given him the cleanup spot permanently and will enjoy listening to his name often on the podcast. Thank you for caring as much about him as you do. He felt the same way about you. We had a special bond, and I will love and miss him forever. Cheers, Judy Siegel Schulman. What a lovely letter. I can't believe you didn't save it for last. I, I can't believe it. Well, I, I know. In the, in the you spirit just of the holiday the season, I just, order, I just open them as, as, as they come in. I know. This, this, this could have just as easily been about, about uh, you know, what bowl games are you going to watch on December 26th, this, in this which case it would make no sense coming in. will not here. be in the chronological cleanup spot, but this email today is certainly in the cleanup spot. 100%. Thank you, Judy. It's, it's uh, lovely to hear that Gary in so-called real life was, as we experienced him here exactly on the podcast, right. yes. a plethora of facts, uh, <laughs> a, a storehouse of knowledge, yes, and, um, and somebody who was obsessive about balancing his checkbook. <laughs> no, but even better, poked fun. At siblings who didn't. Of course. I mean, that's so much better. Kept constantly reminding that he was Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> I love that. Happy New Year, writes Ralph, uh, our resident party bus driver from Colorado. While not the uh, cyclist, as was made clear it, in our last I, I'm still not convinced. Have you we ever seen the, the two of them person? in the same place? That's true. Have we ever seen either of them anywhere? That's true. Happy New Year. While I normally don't care for my name being used as a term for throwing up, I was honored to be roasted by Rebecca in the previous episode. Thank you, question mark. Anyways, <laughs> oh, that was multiple Ralphs, Ralphs right? Yes. yes. Uh, anyways, a gift to all of us viewers in the new year would be another episode with our mutual friend, the great Sam Farmer. His stories are a lot of fun and nothing would make me happier. Thank you in advance, Ralph, your resident party bus driver from Colorado. We should uh, we really get should. Sam on the horn. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's accumulated new stories. Uh, his, his wellspring of stories has replenished since last we spoke to Sam. I mean, he may have seen a woman nursing a cat, a, nu- a new one. We'll see. Or, or some other, some, some other uh, service animal. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, our next email comes from uh, Susie. Hello, Susie. Susie in Connecticut. Susie writes, just found your podcast about a month ago and a loving and am loving and binging it. Only on episode 76, so about three and a half years behind. Hope my comments still hold relevance. Three and a half years, so that would put her at um, 2021? 2021? No, 2020. I don't know. Somewhere in there. The whole global pandemic is going to come as a surprise to her. <laughs> it was shocking, shocking surprise. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> first, I would like to apply for position of resident pediatrician. I don't think we have a resident pediatrician. No, we have we have a, an actual pediatrician, non-podcast category, right? Yes. Our, our It would be weird if our pediatrician, our children's doctor, well, yeah, was, you and was I done don't strictly, have a strictly by podcast, <laughs> by email. Our kids had the best pediatrician in the whole wide world, Dr. Weinerman loved, loved, loved him. And he retired maybe a couple years ago. Um, so now our kids have different, have multiple pediatricians. Well, each kid has one pediatrician, but it's not the same for all four of our children. But uh, they did have the best pediatrician in the world before he retired. Uh, so she has the job. Resident pediatrician? Yes. Sure. RP. I would also like to apply for permanent pantry item. Permanent pantry item. 
Uh, I was diagnosed with a geoblastoma five and a half years ago, writes Susie. It's a malignant brain tumor with a median life expectancy of six to 15 months. Same as John McCain, Ted Kennedy, and Bo Biden, she writes. Since I am way past my expiration date, I would keep well in the pantry. <laughs> Hence the pantry item. You and I looked at each other quizzically, but now that makes sense. Five and a half years. Wow. That's, that's incredible, Susie. When I first met with my wonderful neurosurgeon at Yale, she writes, she was aware that I was a physician, so she told me just to let her talk and I could ask questions afterwards. She started her spiel and, of course, I kept interrupting her. I apologized and told her that I was an interrupter. Her reply, so am I, and now I know how it feels. <laughs> oh, they would get along well with you. Well, well or, or not. You guys would just sit around interrupting one they, another. They would get along well with you because as they interrupted, you could close your eyes and just drift away. And just wait. I'm a great interruptee. Not, not wait, seethe. I, yes, your waiting but, is seething. But I, but I'm quiet when I do it. I don't. It's very. I don't continue the cycle of interruption. I let the the cycle end. Make sure that the interrupter is done with their stuff that was so important they had to interrupt, and then I go on with the conversation. Can I go now? You can. I have been a huge women's basketball fan, writes Susie, since moving to Connecticut to do my pediatric residency, which I finished in 1991, just as UConn was ascending. Loved the appearance of Holly Rowe, who was my new hero for ending a relationship over the disrespect of Coach Summit. <laughs> the older I get, the more I root for coaches over players. I was, uh, I also secretly rooted for Coach Summit's teams, which was a sin in Connecticut. But I remember the final out, the final four, where she brought her infant son Tyler to the game. I was horrified as they passed him into the stands. I was worried he would get sick, RSV, etc., or dropped. Well, of course, a pediatrician would be worried that that. An infant being being uh, what do they call it at concerts like when you wave surfing? Or yeah, when you um, body surfing, whatever. Surfing, yeah. yeah, a crowd surfing. You need crowd more. Surfing, yeah. You need more Holly Rowe minutes and visits. She is so entertaining. Hoping you still send out swag. Uh, we do indeed, Susie. Uh, we will get you some swag. Signed, Susie, uh, in Bridgewater. Susie Bridgewater, S U S I E. That's a that's a question that somebody who lives in Connecticut shouldn't need to ask. But is Bridgewater near Bridgeport? Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie adds in a separate email. Forgot to mention in my previous email, I grew up in Hillside, New Jersey, which is nearby to both Elizabeth and Newark, now Liberty Airport. I assume the White Castle is still alive and well in Elizabeth. Maybe worth a visit if you experience a flight delay. Um, if I'm so delayed so long, Rebecca, that I can leave Newark Liberty Airport. Uh, to go to Uber to White Castle and back, um, that's, that's not going to be doing. a great day. And I just looked it up. Bridgewater is 32 miles from Bridgeport north. Bridgewater is north of Bridgeport. Bridgeport is on the water. I don't know if Bridgewater it's a port. is on the port. Bridgewater is in the middle of the state or at least 30 miles north of the water. <laughs> in Bridgewater, people park in their driveway. In Bridgeport, people park, drive in the parkway. Is that right? I don't know. But it does look like it's on um, a, th a river. I don't know if it's the Connecticut Bri River or what, based on this map I'm looking at. But it, it, So it's on the water, just not the main water. Bridgewater has stalagmites and Bridgeport has stalactites. <laughs> I don't know about any of it, but they are not right next to one another. 
It's funny because in real time, Susie is sending in emails as she listens to the podcast. We have a bunch of emails here from Susie catching up with various things. She has uh, uh, started Stingray Afternoons, loving it so much that I already downloaded two other books by Steve. Love the wordplay. Here is um, a perfect gift for me, but I'm reading this so you can't get it. It's the White Castle Ugly Christmas Sweater. I've actually, that's so funny because I'm looking at our um, ball and chain Twitter account, although, what is it, X now? Anyway, and somebody sent us a picture of someone wearing the white, ca- on December 26th, the White Castle um, ball and chain ugly sweater. Not ball and chain ugly sweater, the White Castle ugly sweater. So Susie has sent a bunch of great emails that are a blast from the podcast past here um, as she's going through various episodes. I just want to read a couple of them. One, I'm up to episode 138 where you discussed when to use the doctor honorific. I was once doing a physical on an 11-year-old boy. I asked him if he knew what he wanted to be when he grew up. He glanced over at his mom and asked, what do you call those smart doctors? (laughs) I quickly answered for her, you mean PhDs? Yes, he nodded in the affirmative. Realized his gaffe, and his mother and I had a great laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, because she's because she's listening to the podcast in real time, well, not in real time, but she's listening to the podcast, not in real time, she's listening to the podcast over three years. Um, uh, she she had mentioned in her first email when that she's applying to be the resident pediatrician, she had referred to our beloved resident OBGYN, Dr. Siegel, in the present tense. And I and I didn't read that because I didn't want her to feel uncomfortable um, as she catches up on the podcast. But anyway, she writes in another email here in the same batch of emails, so saddened to hear of the untimely passing of our favorite OB. I'm the pediatrician who was hoping to get him the assist for passing the baby off to me. Ironically, it seems he likely died from the same uh, brain tumor that I currently have. Sounds like his followed the more typical course my sincere condolences to his family and to the entire ball and chain community. We will miss his words of wisdom, Susie. So, um, DGS continues to uh, affect people, and it's interesting because I never give this any thought that as new people come to the podcast and listen to it from start to finish, or at least from the start, they're meeting experiencing and getting to know Dr. Siegel in the same way that we did. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to Gail. Thank you, Susie, for the for the emails. And, and, and please uh, keep sending them. It's they're, it's lovely to hear from you. Wonderful, her. yes. And I'll catch up on a couple more of those uh, in, in future weeks. Thank you. Gail in Houston, right? We've had a lot of Connecticut today. Houston's not in Connecticut. Right. That, I'm, that, that was oh, my segue. I see. Yeah, Houston's not in Connecticut? There there might be a Houston in Connecticut. It just won't be near Houston Port. Dear Rebecca and Galveston, Dear Rebecca and Steve, first of all, Merry Christmas and wishes for a safe and healthy New Year to you and your whole family. This came in uh, on your dad's birthday, I believe. December 30th. Uh, December 29th. When, when, when nephews were in search of hot sauce. Yes. Purse-related hot sauce. Yes. Second, my kids would be thrilled with Double Science Day. Our kid, not so much. No, doesn't love Double Science. I had the audacity to take them out of school early on a Friday, their science lab day, to fly up to South Bend to attend the Notre Dame versus Pitt football game. Even though Notre Dame won and they got to hang out with both their grandparents, eat deep dish pizza, and go to the Museum of Science and Industry, they still haven't forgiven me. I had to swear I wouldn't take them out 
of school on lab day ever again. Wow, that's incredible. I think our our child, our daughter might uh, request specifically to be taken out on double science day. The fourth grader, a.k.a. Hydrogen, was in a winter program the last week of school before break. We were able to get front row seats to the production for the low, low cost of 10 large pizzas, carrots, and bananas, including serving the pizza and performing last-minute costume fixes for the 50 kids in the production. I forgot about hydrogen. Tell us more. It's a small price to pay to support the drama department at their public elementary school. Yeah, I mean... Well, uh, Didn't we... Is this the same child? Didn't we have somebody else dressed up as as a molecule, as hydrogen no, in a I different think, show? I no, don't, I don't think that we had different... I think this is the same, same one. Same one, okay. Why would you think that it would be... Because for some reason I thought that one was a kid out in uh, North Carolina. You think that maybe they split the atom? <laughs> I don't even think that's close to what we're no, talking about. I don't about. think so either. But, well, <laughs> Although, multiple. that would be a great Halloween costume. A boy named Adam. Yeah. With like something down the middle of him. What are you? A split a Adam. Split yeah. Adam. Anyway. Or or Adam, a boy named Adam, dressed up as a banana, as a banana split. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Read the next one. Well, I'm not finished with Gales. I look forward to a great 2024 with the Ball and Chain family. I'm sorry we've already disappointed her on that. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to do my best to get uh, UT to get to a UT women's basketball game to see Abby play. I tried to go to the game when Rebecca and UConn were there, but tickets to the sold-out game were more than quadruple the price of pizza for 50 kids, and they weren't even front row. Ha! And they, and they weren't even pizza. That's true. <laughs> Best, Gail from Houston. P.S. I made this, and there's a link, chicken stew for lunch today. My crew loves it, and maybe yours would too. The game Ch- I'm doing, I don't... Uh, chicken stew, Rebecca. Chicken stew? Yeah, acknowledge. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry I didn't acknowledge that. My my brain was going to Texas, and I will be calling the Texas at Baylor game. So I don't know, I don't remember how far Waco is from um, from Houston, but uh, Everything everything's a haul from everywhere in Texas. But uh, that's that's the next game I'll be doing in Texas. Well, Rebecca, this has lived up to the uh, the billing of voluminous viewer mail. But we're getting to our our final email here, and, and again, really. Uh, um, spiritually, psychologically, cosmically, our, our final email is is the one that I read earlier from Judy. Yes. Uh, Siegel Schulman, Dr. Siegel's sister, non-Phi Beta Kappa sister, right? Mm-hmm. But we appreciate this one from Kathy with a K, who writes, Good morning, Stephen Rebecca. Greetings from Godly, Texas. Godly? G-O-D-L-E-Y. So we stay in Texas. We stay in Texas, yeah. Okay. Connecticut and Texas. Godly is near Godly Port. Is that a... Is that or a, Godly Water. Do you think the, the heat is ungodly and godly? I don't know. Do you think they haven't heard these 10,000 times? Well, not related to Bridgeport and Bridgeport. That's true. They haven't. I am a women's college basketball enthusiast, and I work in the female basketball space, but I have a question regarding the NCAA televised games. How do the networks, or NCAA, decide which games are being nationally televised? The women's game is at its height, and yet the games they are choosing to televise are not helping gain viewers. This past week, for example, we had a top-five matchup with USC-UCLA and a top-20 matchup with Colorado-Utah, and neither game was on national TV. This would have been a better option instead of South Carolina-East Carolina or even LSU-Northwestern State a few weeks ago. Love listening to your podcast. I am a ball-and-chain completionist. Sincerely, Kathy. First of all, Kathy, thank you. 
And uh, secondly, I will hang up and listen and let Rebecca address these questions. There's a lot that goes into it. And it's not the NCAA necessarily that decides game by game which, which games are on TV. ESPN agrees to broadcast X number of games. I'm sure, I'm not sure, but I think it's, you know, we'll make sure out of this large number of regular season games, a certain amount will be SEC games, a certain amount will be ACC games, some Pac-12. We uh, ESPN no longer has the contract with the Big Ten. Um, so we only have Caitlin Clark had her on the air twice, neither of those games at home, because then um, Fox or the Big Ten Network get to carry them. So we had a neutral site game of Iowa's, and then we had Iowa at Iowa State because ESPN does still have the Big 12 contract. So there's a ton that goes into it. Um, And the game you're specifically talking about, it was a noon game. I think it was on December 30th, and and ESPN had um, South Carolina and East Carolina. Um, the that that was the TV window that was available that day at ESPN to show a women's basketball game was noon, and yes, there was UCLA USC, but that was um, that evening. They aren't going to play that game at 9 a.m. local, or perhaps that could have been the game that ESPN um, showed that day. So there's a ton that goes into it. The nice thing is that now. Uh, during the NCAA tournament, you can watch any game that you want to watch. It used to be that, if say there's four games on at the same time, one of them got the national window. The other three games you could only watch in their entirety if you were in that local market. Even if it was the better game, you you you. And sometimes ESPN moved people around from games, and that upset them too. The nice thing is now. Um, you can always watch from start to finish whatever game it is that you want to watch. You can flip back and forth between whichever games are happening during the tournament. So um, ESPN has really grown in their coverage of women's basketball since I've been there, um, and in particular the last couple of years, by allowing people to watch any game that they want um, as long as they have. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN News. As long as you have all of those ESPN channels, then you can watch whichever games you want. And there's, uh, unlike the NFL, you don't flex out of games if if games if a matchup is enticing before the season, but has become less appealing because of injuries or circumstances. We have a little bit of flexibility with that in the WNBA schedule, very little bit, because games are on certain days at certain times, and they might be able to shift by an hour earlier or later. Um, so sometimes when we get the the end of a WNBA season, we might flex out of a game if there's one that's better um, or projected to be better, but not really on um, on women's college basketball. And you have all these agreements too. Like you might, there might be this incredible game on Thursday night in the you, you're in the ACC, but that's on the ACC network. And sometimes they intentionally put the some really good games on their own network or SEC network might do the same thing because they want people to pay for ACC network or SEC network. So um, there is some intentionality to to that. Um, and that's my limited understanding of how everything works in programming. But ESPN really does, I think, a fantastic job, particular November, December, and the non-conference making, because there are great non-conference women's college basketball games of getting the best ones that we can. But again, we're limited. If a, if a great game is happening at a Big Ten school and Fox wants it, um, Fox is going to get it because they have the, the contract with those schools. We, we can only do those games when, those, when they're playing um, for a conference that we have an agreement with. 
Sorry, that was a lot. No. Well, your, your limited knowledge is, is considerably less than limited than mine, so thank you for your... You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what this podcast was about. Um, mostly poached eggs, it seems. But uh, poached eggs, hot sauce, and um, oval coin purses. That's right, coin purses. Yes. So, what do we do now? We thank our listeners. Thank we our, thank you, listeners. We uh, we uh, continue to pay our respects to Dr. Gary Siegel. Always. We thank Tom, Dick, and Harry, who had a, uh, I think, successful gig on Christmas Eve Eve. I'm sure. If they had a gig, it was a successful gig. Yeah. And we thank Denny Gallagher. We thank and producer Denny Gallagher. And we say, Tom, Dick, Harry, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.